You are listening to the Enormo Cast. To quote old headless Ned Stark, winter is coming, and you know what that means. Yes, it's time to unblock the number of that buddy who was still calling you to climb ice in June last summer and give in to your desire to scream and barf at the same time. Yes, ice climbing season is upon us, and though your fingers are destined to be both frozen and burning at the same time, your feet don't have to suffer so. Sportiva has a full line of big mountain boots, technical ice climbing boots, and boots that do nearly everything you'd want in the cold, cold mountains, short of apologizing for carrying you up there in the first place. So, if you must bash your feet against ice and snow, then check out Sportiva's newly redesigned website, Sportiva.com, or your nearest high-end outdoor retailer for ridiculously well-made mountain boots, including such legends as the Spantic and the new Trango Cube GTX. And remember, when you support Sportiva, you support the Cast. Winter is coming. The Royal We here at the Enormacast would like to remind you that there's three great ways to get shit you need and get the Enormacast a little something as well. Bonfirecoffee.com. Enter Enormo at checkout for great small batch fresh roasted coffee. PeterWGilroy.com. Enter Enormo at checkout for amazing climbing-inspired jewelry and accessories for yourself or that special belayer. Emblazepecs.com. Enter Enormacast at checkout to just say no to Belair neck pain. And the great thing about supporting these companies is they are the little guy. In fact, a couple of them are just one person over there at that particular little company. So you're supporting them. They are climbers. You're supporting the Enormacast, and you're getting great stuff. It's a win, win, win. Very rare in this day and age. So please consider supporting them, supporting the Enormacast, and supporting all our sponsors. With your patronage. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, a big place outside of town. That's a big place. You sold it out. I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having them with you. We'll make I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enorma Cast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. It is November 9th, 2016, 2016 CE, about 11 a.m., perhaps the first day of the dark times, the apocalypse, perhaps. If you're listening to this in the future, if somehow you've pulled it off some frozen iPhone that you found under a layer of dirt and muck and crushed skulls, just know that we were good people. We did our best. We did our best. But our best wasn't good enough. Oh yeah, and on today's show is Dave Offrey. Dave, super stoked, young, big wall ace, Dave Offrey. Very fun interview with Dave. Um, Also, I'd like to say that this is a bit of a companion piece to episode 110 with Shane Lempy. This is the guy that was on the trip up to Baffin with Shane. Um, Also a companion piece would be Haywire, the film that Shane made about the trip, about a 15-minute film that came out last spring. I also just stole that uh, weird clip I just played from there. I look forward to hearing from Shane's lawyers. I don't know if you need to watch that or listen to Shane's episode before, but it would be a good thing to go back and review those things afterwards because they go together. Dave had a ultimately different perspective on uh, on that trip and also was the guy that got hit by the big rock and we talk a bunch about that among other things so it does stand alone but uh both things also go together so hope you guys enjoy this one i did uh dave is a totally awesome 
guy. And I really think that when we talk about how great the climbing community is, we are kind of talking about people like Dave. He adds a lot of psych and fun and good vibes to the scene. So don't have much else to say. A little bit speechless this morning. I know you, some of you very much appreciate the short intros, but hell, you probably skipped this shit anyway. All right, let's get to it. Dave Alfrey. You're finally here, folks. The prettiest thing to ever be shoved in a crack. The new Black Diamond Ultralight C4. The featherweight camming champion of the world. 20 to 30% lighter than the old C4s, which means they're 20 to 30% more sick. The BD ultralight cams are more lightweight than bailing off the nose because you ran out of baby wipes. They're more lightweight than that kid from Provo who fell on the campfire after two beers in Indian Creek. True story. They're the device that's oh so nice and the cam that can handle the slam. If you dream of climbing with different cams, you should wake up and apologize. So check out blackdiamondequipment.com for the specs on these little beauties. Or head over to your nearest climbing retailer to fondle them with your own chubby knuckles. Put the cam down, sir. So you broke your finger aid climbing? I did, yeah. I uh, I whipped just like on an easy route going through the rope soloing motions and I bottle opened it in a carabiner. It what went in. And what does that mean? It was like it went into the beaner as I fell past it and it just... Ah, Jesus. And it dislocated it at the middle. Oh, bottle opener. Like yeah, like a bottle opener. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. How did that hurt? No, it didn't really hurt at all. No, I I had to put it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember thinking, I guess I put it back now. And then I popped it back in place. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't really, it wasn't a big deal. And then I looked at my hand and while I was making a fist, I just watched my finger twist and turn and then pop right back out. So I had to put it back again. Yes. And then I had to bail. Right. So it was interesting, but no, it wasn't too big a deal. No. Um, I mean, it's been a bummer, clearly. Like, it's been about seven weeks. and Oh, it was recently. Yeah, six weeks, no climbing. First time in 10 and a half years that I've done that. And then, uh, yeah, so, oh, well, such is life. I've never been injured. Right. Like, getting hit by the rock in Baffin was the only injury I've had in 10 and a half years of climbing, really. Mm-hmm. So I count myself lucky in that regard and, yeah, move forward. Yeah. How's it feeling? It's okay. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's huge. It's like, it's yeah. still really swollen. Right. But, uh, no, I mean, it's okay. I'm starting to climb again and it feels good. Like, crack climbing is hard, but mm-hmm. crimping is okay. I think the tendons are all right. So yeah, it's just like torquing it and also fitting it because it's so big. I'm like... It's like I can like one finger jam purple camelots. Yeah, I was gonna say it might be time to get on something like that. <laughs> the optimator, right? The uh, we, we kind of rolled in before I pressed record. We were talking about aid climbing, which you know I have my own reputation in that. Some of it from the climbing, most of it from the aid rant. Um, but yeah, I was talking about how I, I never really fell that much. Yeah, and um, it was kind of. I mean, I just like. Cause I well I watched the the film about um, about uh, uh, Ammon on the uh, yeah the wings of the steel. wings of steel that movie yeah and like he's taking all sorts of whippers on that <laughs> Dave's dog Mouse is here so you <laughs> might hear him in the background it's fine okay as long as he doesn't start <laughs> or she doesn't start super yelping I don't She's think like, so well you can hold her if you want we'll, yeah we'll see she'll okay. be okay but uh yeah I mean and then I watched the, that sh- movie and like there's just he's taking like multiple whippers he's talking about him he he like dislocated his arm or his shoulder I believe yeah. on a whip on yeah, that thing I'm sure that that's how Ammon climbs like Ammon, and it's scary because it's I mean he's sliding down yeah these he slabs. wore like motorcycle armor Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how Ammon climbs, you know. He 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 kind of figures that if you're not falling, you're not pushing it hard enough. Right. And so he just kind of like pushes himself right yeah. to that point where you might fall yeah. or you do fall. Yeah. I mean, um, I had to stop because I stopped at that point. I'm like, "Well, I can't take cuz people are like, "Well, what's it like to fall on blah blah blah, A4, A5?" I'm like, "I don't know. I I do not know." You know, the yeah. whips I've taken have been shorter and 
usually it was like because I didn't do something right or yeah. it was like rushing or whatever. Exactly. And that's what most of mine have been where yeah. I've been hasty and they've rarely been like actually like popping a piece on some A4 plus pitch and zippering the whole pitch. Like yeah. I've never done that and I hope to God, I never do well, that. Well, my theory is no one ever has, but... Yeah, yeah. No, I don't <laughs> think that very don't many... don't need to go around that, no, down yeah. that road, but... Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so it, it's kind of fun because, like, you know, you're, like, big wall climbing and aid climbing, um, you know, speed climbing, whatever it is, yeah. it's, like, kind of been your thing for a while. Yeah, yeah. it kind of has become my little niche, I suppose. Right, again. It's just a game I like to play. Mm-hmm, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spend most of my time free climbing, but, like... There's just something about going up, you know, L cap or whatever formation, like so quickly and so smoothly and so efficiently that you're just like climbing nonstop the whole time. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I'm on the summit. That was amazing. Well, should we have lunch? Right. Well, and it's, I think it's cool. I mean, I haven't, I'm not a speed climber. And someday I swear I will go climb the nose, which I've never climbed slow or fast. Oh, wow. And I was joking with, with Shane, who, who, play a little part in this podcast um that like my speed is my my record ascent of el cap is five days like nice. that's my speed ascent awesome. you know and yeah. everything else was longer than that like <laughs> so i was like cooking along at five days you know like um so that's yeah great. and i've never really approached it that way for for various reasons i mean i would like to say it was because we were climbing like or i was climbing because some of it was solo like really hard routes but then of course like the hardest routes i've done of you know, been done in 35 hours or, you know, 26 yeah. hours or whatever else, yeah. the ones that took me seven days. So, you know, so that, that kind of pokes a hole in your yeah, ego yeah. a little bit. And but. then the only way I could accomplish free climbing, I thought, and I was probably right, uh, without having been in the Valley, like to train a bunch was, uh, to free climb it was to do it in five days where we could chunk it down to like a usable piece each day. Yeah. Know? Absolutely. And I think like, yeah, to, to, I think to like do those one day ascents, especially free or mostly free, you know, it's like, you gotta be down, you gotta be down in the Valley, like getting your, getting your stuff together and getting your, yeah. your systems dialed and climbing on granite a bunch. Definitely. And, you know, so I'm impressed with it though. I'm not Thank trying you. to diminish any no, of that No, I mean, it's like stuff. a, yeah. a b- bizarre kind of like uh-huh. asinine mm-hmm. game to play, but it's, it's a fun one. Like, right. I'm perhaps I'm becoming a little less motivated for it in the last year. And even like looking to the future, I think that it might play a smaller role in the things that I really want to do, but I still enjoy it. And there's still some routes that I'm like, yeah, I probably would like to do that before someone else does it. Or I'd like to try and do that route as quick as I can. But Mm -hmm. it's a good way also to like, climb roots when you don't have a lot of time right well and also i mean the skill set that you might that you have like period it's not going away yeah you know i mean it's only an advantage when you are doing other stuff you know where suddenly it's time to move quickly because of objective danger or yeah, whatever else definitely. it's like somebody else is like okay well, we can go a little faster you know but all of a sudden you're just like pulling out tools and ways and things to like all right let's get out of here yeah let's get off of this thing yeah you know in a way that like i couldn't do like well you could i mean like a lot of the stuff like i i've been doing a bunch of climbing i was just in squamish and like did a bunch of climbing uh where we were climbing you know these big like very moderate routes like with my finger and stuff like my buddy was five months off the couch and we were climbing these big routes, but we were just, we were climbing them in like two pitches because we would simul climb and we would use an assortment of tactics to just sort of climb both at the same time continuously. But in a way that I really truly feel is like quite legit and safe. Well, no, I'm not saying I couldn't do it in terms of like the climbing and being, you know, and simul climbing. I'm saying like, you know, I, I know how things like short fixing and yeah, whatever yeah. else works. And, you know, using a tie block occasionally to like, yeah, do, yeah, I know how it all works on paper, but if tomorrow you and I went climbing every time I w- went to do it, I'd have to sit there and like, yeah, and think about it, think about yeah, it. And then, then, yeah. then what? We just lost the time we were trying to save. Cause I'm up there like, okay, now wait, I put it. No, that's right. Okay. And then this goes here now. 
do I start? Okay, I guess I start climbing now. And then, but what is, okay, no, he's going to be okay. Because, you know, it's going to, it would yeah, have to be yeah. that kind of thing. Like I could figure it out. Yeah. And by that time we should, I should have just waited and gotten a belay. For yeah. Me, yeah. You know? Totally. So that's yeah, what I mean does, in terms of you have those skills. Like they're there. Yeah. yeah. It does. It does. Uh, it does help that I've done it a lot. Yeah. For you sure. Know, the time in is. Well, you know, one of the cool things I will compliment you on as well is that, uh, is that more and more that I talk to other people who've done these these rad speed things of their own, it's like, well, who who belayed you or who jugged or who whatever? And it's like, oh, yeah, Dave did. Yeah, Dave <laughs> Alfred. You know Dave Alfred? Yeah, he did. Oh, he was supposed to. He totally told me, but then this happened. And <laughs> it's almost, I mean, I get like this feeling like you're down there in the meadow just like, anybody need need me to like <laughs> well, help I had, them like go as fast as they possibly can? I mean, I had a season where... Uh, a couple years back where that was kind of what I did. I was in the valley for a whole October. Yeah, a kiosk set up yeah, like, and underneath just, El Cap. Like. I had a sign on my car that said, you know, <laughs> anything on El Cap, I'll do it. Like, no, and, and that season I did. I had a, a couple of things where like I, I got myself on up onto the profit with Will Stanhope and I belayed uh, Jesse Huey for a an, in a day ascent on the free rider and, and it was cool because for me at the time, I mean that was four, four and a half years ago, almost five. And at the time I hadn't uh I just, I wasn't like, I wasn't a free climber at that caliber, even close to it. I mean, I'm still not obviously like I'm no Will Stanhope or Jesse, but I just had never really thought of myself as being able to possibly like free climb El Cap, for example. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really amazing experience to be able to like go up there with them and see them in the moment in these like just, you know, both of those ascents for those guys were like really raw and they wanted those those they wanted to send so bad and so it was really neat to get to watch that firsthand i'd never quite witnessed like a desire to succeed at that level and i saw it both times that month and was just Mm -hmm. like wow that's i want to try that hard and so it was really it kind of changed the way i looked at like trying hard because i was like if i could try that hard who knows what i could do yeah for sure and and like you know I guess I, I, you know, I've known for sort of criticizing aid climbing in a sense. Um, oh, it's so stupid. But I, but the other thing that I've never talked about, maybe as much, or, or maybe I've never mentioned it, is that there is this like it, it does sometimes form this wall where you know because you get it's really hard to to if you're aid climbing and that's your mission, it's really hard to bust. It's really hard to switch. Yeah. Mid climb. Like yeah. people do it and I did it. You bust out of your aiders, but you don't probably don't have climbing shoes on and, and you know, there's all these ways in which it's really hard to just be standing in aiders in this. Yeah. Like you know, like I always tell people that even on uh like the tangerine trip, like I did that in winter and so I but you have to free climb here and there. Yep. On like five seven. Oh yeah, easy. And I'm in my like boots, my big I was wearing like big mountaineering boots. And I'm stepping on edges that have drilled hook hooks in them. Where somebody <laughs> like broke was was hooking it because they were just not gonna stop aid climbing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so but also mentality wise, you know, there a lot of times it's just like you get kind of stuck in it. Yeah, it's a weirdly you know? difficult thing to be like it sounds so easy when you think about it, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's bizarrely difficult when you're standing in aiders, even if you have free shoes on and everything, and you're like, and now I'm going to free climb. Right. It's incredibly it's hard. Weird. It's just weirdly hard, especially if it's like off of bad gear mm-hmm. or a hook or anything like that, right. which it often is, is you're like, I'm hooking and oh, I realize I can free climb now. Oh God. And you're just like, ah, There's, ah. I'll just keep hooking <laughs> until yeah. you're like laying on the ledge and then you're you stand up and you're like, I just free climbed. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> was like, the act of standing. Yeah. Act of mantling onto the ledge. You're like, I free climbed. When Come we in. were in Baffin, <laughs> Shane had a photo of me and I'm laying with my legs sticking straight off of a ledge. Same deal. I belly flopped onto the ledge right. and I laid on my belly trying to get cams in because it's like the idea of even standing up was too great. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, have you ever seen that, that, uh, movie where, where, uh, um, Sean Villanueva O'Driscoll like fall like stands up and falls off the tepui. No, oh dude, you got to see that. <laughs> no, that's terrible. He says, I think he says in it that he fully just like slipped, and oh, he takes this. He God. takes this terrifying whipper, just like 
He stands up and just like falls over backwards off this ledge. That guy is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, he's that a guy is fucking madman. He's what insane. He got to get him on the show, Sean. You got come him. on the show. Um, and also, you, 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 you know, I think that the what you just said is interesting because so many breakthroughs you make in climbing, um, you know, come from like if if it's not like a true mentorship in sen- in the sense that you you know you were up on those walls, but like. It is like this mini one day mentorship. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, and, totally. And to watch someone like Will Stanhope and actually Will talked about that on his his show and like told me it was like it was you down there belaying him. Yeah. And I felt really bad for you because I was like, God, it must have been terrifying. Like or was it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, it was. And I kept joking with him that like he needed me to go up there because he needed someone to haul his corpse off the mountain oh, if something goes wrong. <laughs> And like, you know, I like to keep it lively. Right. And so right. I kept being very like gallows humor. Yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. But yeah. um but, but at I mean the same I think time, that, you must have just been like, Okay, if he falls now Oh yeah, there were several gonna, times where are, you know, I'm gonna yeah. have to skate the belay and then I'll do this and yeah, then we'll have definitely. it packaged up and we'll like yeah. check if he's past halfway right. on the rope yet. Right. You're like, Can I just lower him back or Right, right. Yeah. But uh, no, and you, yeah, it can be that can be really frightening. But I mean, you know, some of the stuff I've seen like Alex do is I just don't think about it. I just put it out of my mm-hmm, mind mm-hmm. where I'm just like, he knows what he's doing. I trust him 100%. I know that he is in control. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just sure. going to like move forward. Cause yeah, it can be, I mean, if you really break down like the risk assessment, like we've gone into the red zone for sure a lot of times, but it right. doesn't always have to be like that. Right, 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 right. So, well, I mean, climbing the free rider with Jesse too is a different type of mentorship. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Much safer, but just like being able to watch him like maxing out end of the day, like trying so hard Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, that it's just awesome. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Well, you've, you've, I mean, I've, I met you what a couple years ago, I think in Vegas when we, HK and I rolled through. Yeah. 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 That's right. And, uh, you know, it's like you, you have, you're (laughs) self-deprecating, you know, you have this like humility that. And I had heard your name and I was like, okay, yeah, this guy, like I, I definitely, you know, hear it trickling out of Yosemite and that sort of thing. And you kind of like, there are, there are a lot of times there is like with the SAR team there, you know, or, and you were on SAR for how long? I was on SAR for two seasons, but mm-hmm. then I spent another two seasons, like kind of as like a guest member. Right. Right. When I was around the Valley, right, right. which was a lot. Yeah. But, and so like, there's all, I mean, every era, every year there's like, there's these names or these guys that are like coming out of that, that program as it were. And so, you know, you're like kind of paying attention, you know, but you're like, part of me is always like, well, yeah, I mean, they have time to climb every day. Like, of course they're going to climb something rad, you know, but that's not always true. And that's kind of my jealousy as well. Um, but yeah, your, your humility and your humbleness, you know, the phrase is humble to a fault sometimes. And do you ever feel like you're that guy i mean that you were like you counted yourself short do you ever can i mean have you ever thought about that like or am i like projecting some bullshit Uh, i think you're projecting onto me i mean i just i I don't know i mean i just recognize that like i am not i i mean i'm not like you know i climb with alex but like i will never be even remotely as good a free climber as alex yeah but you can't use that as your reference group dude i think that that could be part of the problem i suppose but (laughs) But no, I mean, it's like, I'm I just suck. not, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an all right climber. Okay. Like I do well, cool. but like, I, I just think like, I feel like my friends would be like, are you kidding me? That guy's not humble. He sprays all the time. Okay. He'll never shut up. Right, right. But like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I appreciate that a lot. I don't, you know. Well, look, you are enthusiastic and you talk about climbing <laughs> and you're very willing to like go there but i don't i mean i guess i don't hang out with you enough to know if you're just like talking about all the shit you've if done if i'm actually like an arrogant yeah. dick right. or not all right let's move <laughs> i don't on. think so <laughs> your dog likes you she likes yeah, me yeah, that's, that's all that matters that's all that matters um well cool i just kind of was like building on that idea where you saw these guys doing some stuff and you're like wow maybe i can like achieve well, like those cats no i mean that but was that's just a normal progression too no it was i mean no that was definitely i mean that was definitely something that happened mm-hmm. was like i i, I mean the, the first time i climbed a big wall i went and climbed half dome and while i was laying at the base of half dome after like this epic two-day ascent where we slept on big sandy and it was like it was insane you know it was so hard and uh and so I uh, am sleeping at the base and 
these two guys show up like smoking cigarettes and like talking and laughing and they start climbing and I realize that it's Sean, uh, Stanley, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and Leo and they had just climbed the free rider and came over and they were doing the first free link up. And I watched them climb in the night and was like, holy crap, like I want to figure out how to do that because I just spent two days up there and that was terrible. Mm-hmm. And like they were halfway up the mountain in two hours. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, you see guys like that in Yosemite, like whether you're on SAR or whether you're not on SAR and you're looking right. at the SAR guys or whatever, but you see guys like that and you're like, wow, there's a lot to learn here. And sure. if you like grab onto it and you try and like figure it out, you know. Yeah. So. That's funny that you, that's a really great image actually. That those guys were in the middle of that and they just oh, kind of come rolling up, smoking cigarettes. Just like, laughing, yeah. talking about how much fun it was and how they had to hide from hide from rangers. I don't right. want to get anyone in trouble here, no. but yeah, well, I think it's been long enough. Yeah. And and there's nothing you can do to uh to Stanley anymore anyway. Yeah. So but uh but yeah, I mean it's it it's funny because you try to like it made me think that like the again, you know, we've got this like we, we continue to get a lot of mainstream interest in big wall climbing you know the dawn wall like blew the lid off of everything yeah, in terms of that definitely. although you know they've all gone away and stopped paying attention again but sure but uh you know not and that, quite and not that, quite well and that comes with like all this stuff where there's all this mythology in climbing that we all bolster and hold on to. sure but then there's also all these like the way it should be in the way it is and like i always you know the fact that these two who who were actually among us the best and athletes yeah you know are smoking cigarettes like that would blow yeah. some like nfl trainer's mind <laughs> yeah you yeah, know what completely. i mean and like that they aren't just these like hyper focused like super athletes you know yeah and i i i think of a picture of um a picture of like tc and and honald on top of el cap after i don't know oh the the, the triple yeah and like they've got their shirts off and like they've got the classic like sunken chests, yeah, giant twelve back, pack. like yeah. you know stance, and they're you know they're both got farmer tans and everything else. And it would be so <laughs> I thought it'd be so funny like showing like I said like an NFL trainer or a like these are the best. These two yeah. guys you see here, <laughs> these two skinny white boys yeah. <laughs> are some of the most accomplished <laughs> athletes in mountain sport history. Yeah, and maybe all time history. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, perhaps. And I'm sure that the the dude would be like, well. I'll give them to me. I'll I'll show you what potential they probably yeah. can have, and and maybe that is the case. Like if well, anybody starts really like scientifically training climbers, although it's happening in comp climbing to a certain it is extent, no, yeah. and I'm actually really interested in that stuff. I'm always trying to kind of find. I'm always trying to figure out more and learn more, and a lot of times it comes down to like not having the resources or the connections to like connect with some of those people, but. uh but yeah, I'm always fascinated by some of the training that's starting to happen and the way that, you know, not just training, but diet and nutrition and the whole deal is like really starting to like play in to climbing. And the funny thing is, is like we, we only like, I mean, you, you've been climbing way longer than I have, but like when, when did you ever refer to yourself as an athlete? Like, and that's the thing with the smoking cigarettes at the base of the route. It's like, that's because climbing, I think, has this other element to it where, like, it wasn't about being an athlete. It was about a lifestyle, and it was about this ad- this adventure sport that we love doing and that takes over your your mind and your brain and your life as if it was, like, a drug addiction. And it's only recently that we've started being like, well, I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not... You're not an athlete. No, 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 no. No, you're no, a climber. No. Yeah, I'm a climber. Yeah, see, sure. I, I, I'm sort of more talking about like the. I'm a the climber, height. and and sometimes I'm like, man, maybe if I was an athlete, that would help. Maybe right. I need to like do some deadlifts and some pull ups, mm-hmm. and then I that would have helped don't. you a great deal in in Baffin. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it might have. <laughs> <laughs> might have. I could have hauled my broken corpse right, off the exactly, mountain yeah. a little better. Let's seg into that, and I talked to Shane, and I'm not sure what. Uh, which one will come out first? Probably Shane's because I interviewed him first. But yeah, sure. But um, you uh have a film that's kind of making the rounds right now, or you're in it. I'm um, in it. Yeah, yeah you're in it's it. Shane's movie. For Shane's sure. movie. Yeah, we but, both filmed and yeah, stuff, but yeah. it's I mean, Shane made it. Okay, and it's uh called Haywire. It's about a 15 minute thing about climbing and baffing. Yeah, yeah. And, check uh, it, out. it premiered at Five Point. 
in yep. my town, which uh-huh. I saw the premiere. Cool. And uh, I told Shane this too, like the, the reaction was awesome. And a yeah. lot of people were talking about it afterwards. That's awesome. That's and, really great um, to hear. Just, yeah. And, and you know, and, and it was narrated by Shane and kind of the centerpiece was his uh, like growing reluctance to be there. Yeah. And, and just how like big and out there and kind of surprisingly like desolate and remote it was at the same time totally beautiful yeah um and in the film of course there's you and like you're a little bit of the opposite spectrum although shane talked a little bit about you guys uh you know the commitment level and everything else was definitely on both you guys's mind throughout the thing yeah so talk your perspective on on getting that trip going why it was a dream to go to baffin um and, you know, and rolling into it and kind of what happened. Yeah. So, I mean, as a big wall climber, like as an aid climber, quote unquote, uh, as a big wall climber, there's just, when I first started seeing photos of Baffin, I mean, there's just nowhere else like the junction of the Walker Arm and the Sam Ford Fjord. It's like you're literally standing at the ocean and you're looking at four to 5,000 foot walls in every direction, mm-hmm. all over the place. And like maybe... 25% of the formations have been climbed and 1% of the potential routes have been climbed, not even. I mean, it's just an unbelievable spot. So I've always wanted to go. Finally, the opportunity came up with Shane and originally Mike Lebecki and Shane and I mm-hmm. were going to be a party yeah. of three. Mike had to drop out for some various reasons. He felt really bad. He encouraged Shane and I to go. We decided to go for it. The two of us went out there and... uh I was really excited. I was extremely excited. And I think Shane was as well. And then I think as those final moments of the trip kind of came, he sort of hit some walls, which I'm sure he talked to you mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for me, though, I wasn't really hitting those those barriers in terms of like being mentally in it. Right. I was like all in okay. i was ready to like full poker card i'd had a couple of trips the year prior i had had a trip which was amazingly similar to shane's trip with me and baffin i went to alaska with sky to trey and i've never been so scared in my life i've never been like so just over my head and it was just out of my element and i was totally freaked out and so when i got to baffin i i kind of knew what to expect in terms of like the cold and what I just like knew what it was. I just had mentally prepared for what it was going to be like. And, uh, and it, it, yeah. So I was really psyched and ready. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you, yeah, where, no, I guess that's kind of what I was, I was wondering and not wondering because he, he mentioned that. And it's to me, I guess I, I didn't know Shane till the other day Yeah, and I've known you but even in the film, you know, it's like, it's like the two, there's definitely the two personalities on display. Yeah. And of course it's the way it's edited and it was part of the story. That's definitely, yeah. the editing right. was a big part of it because right. from, from my perspective, like what I saw, like there were some impasses early on, like Shane missed his flight to get yeah, to Vegas that, yeah. and that was big. I actually was like, I was so angry. I hung up the phone with him and it turned and punched a hole in a wall, a door at my house because really? I was like, no, it's falling apart. It's all coming undone. Ah! And like, I wanted to have success on that. That's trip a good way so to end your bad. climbing season, by the way, just so you know, <laughs> punching <laughs> holes in walls and doors. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I, I, yeah. But so, so then Shane showed up and like, um, but when, but as soon as Shane got there, like, I knew he was stressed. He'd had a very stressful 24 hours. But like once we were on the plane, it was more like we both had the same anxiety. To right. me, it felt like we were having the same anxiety, which is that pre-trip anxiety, not like the, oh my God, I actually don't want to be here right, anxiety right, right. that I think Shane was actually feeling inside. So he covered all of that up really well. And so for me, like when I watched the video for the first time, I was amazed because there were a couple of times where I recognized the belay and I was like, oh my God, he's having these feelings at that belay? Right, right, right. That was like days before I even knew that he was stressed. Okay, yeah. And then in hindsight, I felt like an ass because I wasn't as supportive as I could have been mm-hmm. had I realized that he was stressed to that level. And so instead, I was like, dude, you're sending too many text messages with the sap phone. Are right. you going to pay for those? They aren't cheap. 
And meanwhile, I've like sent one text to my poor my poor girlfriend like every three days because I'm like, dude, they cost a dollar right, fifty right. a message. I, I just I, I'm already in debt. I can't send these text messages. And Shane's got like you know a text chat going, right? And and one night he just looked at me and was like. Dude, I do not care what they cost. I will pay for them all. I just don't care. I need to send a few messages. And I was like, okay, cool, right, cool. Right. Sorry, sorry, cool. Well, that's awesome. I, you know, it, 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 that kind of stuff. You watch these films, all of them, and sometimes I've been, you know, I actually know the inside story because I'm sort of close sure. enough to the people. Yeah, and the 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 video like is completely opposite. And you're just like, well, wait a second. Those two people hated each other you know, <laughs> or whatever it happens to be, you know? Yeah. And, and, but the promotion is that that was like the great, and everybody's like hugging on the summit and stuff and watching your film, watching or Shane's film, watching Shane's film, you know, it's, he's talking about it and he's very positive, but I think even a bystander could probably start to wonder like, okay, because he talks about like there was there was the specifically going up to do the second route, that's yeah. when things were like probably yeah. at at their sort of budding heads Definitely. most. Yes, but you have to kind of see it in the film. But as a, a person who's you know, I actually got into a full on like screaming. Maybe could have gone to blows match when I uh, if we had not been a rope length apart um, on proboscis when I went up and did that route, <laughs> you know. And so, and it was just like stress and everything else. And we've yeah, been climbing too long because the sun never set. And like, we didn't notice that we'd been on the go for like 20 hours and like, you know, and it, and it, it calmed down and we were good, but it was fun for me to watch and be just be kind of like, huh? Like, I mean, I, those guys are friends now. I'm sure they were friends through the whole thing, but I, I'm like, there's had to have been like some, some like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was definitely, I don't like, want you to like. Like no, no, no. I mean, no, no, there's else. not like, but yeah. that's just expedition stuff. That's just that's like expedition super stuff. normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my experience, I mean, I haven't done that many expeditions, but I mean, no, we, we had our moments where towards the end, you know, once we had summited, we were, we were really fired up. And at that point I was like, okay, next route, boom, cue it up. What are we doing? And Shane was kind of like, man, I don't know. Like, like, can we just have a breather? And it was like, no, we don't have time for a breather because mm -hmm. we have this many days left and we're going to need them. And so I sort of dropped the hammer there and, uh, you know, had, had like, had the end of the trip not happened like it would, like maybe it would have been okay. And like, mm -hmm. but I think at that point, like the, the, the stresses that Shane was experiencing had become like very real and they had become very large and he needed a breather. And I was sort of, we had our butting heads moment there mm -hmm. for sure. When we were kind of like, we have 10 days left in the trip. Right. We have eight days of food kind of, and let's, let's go. And Shane was sort of like, dude, mm -hmm. this isn't cool. And, uh, I was like, and if you're like me, care. if you're like me, you're just angrily racking oh, up yeah. anyway. Just totally. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, what did you say you something? Know, I can't hear you. Put I'm me on belay. Put me on belay. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going. I'm soloing or something, right, but right, right, so right. yeah, we had our budding heads moment, but Shane and I have been friends for several years now. And like, we know where, how we're each different mm -hmm. and we know how to work together. And so, you know, I mean, that was a good opportunity and I think we learned a lot, both of us. And I think that, uh, I mean, I would go on a trip again with Shane tomorrow right. for, you know, as long or as remote. Uh, and I, I think that Shane feels the same way. I hope he does, but I know that, you know, I think it, it's ironic because the, the whole trip impacted him, I think in a, a greater way than it impacted me. Even though you got, even though I got, yeah, hit. So yes. I, yeah. So let me ask you that, like, you know, cause Shane described it from his point of view, you know, yeah. and, and looking down and thinking like he's dead. I just killed him. Yeah. And what was your point of view? Like. Yes. Did you go into shock? Did you? Oh yeah, no, yeah. it was crazy. So, uh, yeah. So what? What happened? Yeah, just, we got to do that because not, not everybody may have listened to the. Yeah. So what yet, happened so. was we had this great trip. We climbed a new route on the the Great Cross Pillar on the Sam Ford Fjord, and amazing route. It was well, it was an okay route, but it's an amazing location. So every route is amazing. Um, and uh, and we descended and we did it pretty quick and we had more time. We racked up. We had one rest day. We went all the way back to the ice, had one rest day, and then went all a, a thousand feet back up the mountain to this huge ledge. And from the main ledge, you're like essentially at the base of like El Cap. 
and from that big ledge. And so one of our routes was out to the left. It went up an obvious feature, and there was this just ephemeral, thin aid climbing route that was our original objective. But 900 or so feet up the wall, it just, we couldn't see any features. And we just didn't want to have to like drill a, a, a rivet ladder for 500 feet. So we went with the other route, but now we had the time we were poised. And I said, well, let's just go climb on that route and see what happens. And I, I led the first pitch. It was incredible. It was the best pitch I've ever done. It was 200 feet of like tipped out beaks. Just amazing. I've never seen a seam like it. Like it would be perfect beaks and get just thin and tipped. It was overhanging. I mean, from an aid climbing perspective, it was everything you dream of. Like just thin, intricate, and amazing, exposed and wild. And so I led the pitch, psyched. Meanwhile, I later realized that Shane was really down. It was really cold that day, like minus 20 cold. Um, and uh, it was really cold, super windy. So it was probably more like feels like minus 35 or 40 or something. And uh, wrap back down to the ground. And I'm setting up camp while Shane is still up at the belay because he had Jumart up to clean. So I wrapped fixed lines to the ground, went over and was setting up camp. Shane's up above dealing with the anchor and the gear, getting everything re-racked and ready to go for the next day. And at this point, he later told me he was like very distracted mentally Um, He was just really, he had sort of hit his ultimate wall. The last straw had broken. And so I'm down at the bottom and I look up at the wall while I'm trying to set up the portal ledge. And I realize that the wind is picked up and the ropes are streaming across the wall. And so I ran over to grab the ropes and tie them down. And right at the same moment that I ran over and went underneath Shane, because we're on this huge ledge. So we're like unroped, harnesses off, casual. And I run over and right at the same moment, Shane realizes the same thing and he's looking down. I'm, I come out from underneath him and there's a big boulder that makes a cave. And so even if like, you know, he might've looked down and not seen me and not anything, not thought anything of it, but it like at the same moment that he starts pulling on the ropes, I stepped underneath him and the rope completely blank wall like we had just climbed the chossiest route you could ever imagine the first route we climbed was like we just threw non-stop amounts i mean metric tons of rock off the wall and so i run over underneath shane and i'm holding on to the rope the static line i had repelled and he's trying to pull up the lead line and it just got stuck on a slightly larger than football size block and uh he said he barely tugged on the rope and it just flicked this block off and it was about 50 feet above my head that it came from. So I didn't have a lot of time to react and I just heard him yell and I looked up and saw the rock and I like tried to do like a white man can't jump leap out of the way and I didn't move at all but I think it was the thing that kind of saved me was I tried to jump and I think I was actually airborne when the rock impacted me. And so I think I was sort of midair and the rock just drove me to the ground. And that was where Shane was like, I watched you die because the rock hit me and I went down to the ground. And for me, ragdoll style. Yeah. yeah. Just, I just bam. And for me, all I remember is looking up, seeing the rock, trying to jump. And then I just remember like, in the Haywire video, Shane did a thing where the camera went white and it makes this terrible ringing noise. And that is the exact thing that happened in my head was like all of my vision went white. I don't remember like anything from that probably for the next like three or four or five seconds. And uh, everything went right, ringing in my ears. And when I came to, I was already like kind of hands and knees, like scrambling up the wall or up the talus. And then I got onto my feet and ran into the wall so hard that I fell over. I like smashed into the wall in front of me and fell over. And then I just started crawling and like scraping myself to get in the cave because I didn't know where the rock had come from. Right. And so I got into the cave. I sort of stood up at one point and ran through the cave and came around to the other side and sat down on this little step. And it wasn't until I sat there for, you know, five or 10 breaths that I realized that I had just been hit by this huge rock. And so that was the point when I was like, oh my God, I got hit by a big rock. And then I thought, oh, I might've broke my back. I can't feel anything in my lower half of my body. 
And so I slumped down and laid down on the ground. And that was the only time, like it's been like minus 30, it's been cold. And that was the only time on the whole trip that I actually shivered was when I laid down on the snow and got kind of shocky. And then I started to shiver. And Shane was like down by my side in, I mean, a minute, Mm -hmm. like almost no time. And, uh, And it was just, yeah, he was like right there ready to go and to help. And, uh, the, the series of events after I laid down were actually kind of funny because I remember being like pretty clear headed and not feeling overly terrified. I remember just kind of like, okay, what's the plan? What do we do? And starting to run through the things. And I could tell that Shane was like freaked out. Like I probably should have been. And, you know, because he had like watched the rock impact me, like, and he didn't know if it hit me in the back or on the head or what. And like, he thought for sure I was dead and that must've been horrible. Like, I'm sorry that he had to witness that. Cause I think it was more traumatizing for him to see that than it was for me to get hit by the rock because I walk away from it and I'm like, well, that was a really close call, but he has to like, know. and he, you know, he kind of blames himself, but it wasn't his fault at all. But yeah. Right. So though, th- then after that, like, Shane just was in he was amazing I mean he he got me all bundled up in clothes and food and water and all the necessities going and I got into my sleeping bag and we kind of assessed the situation and then once we made a plan I mean Shane took like a hundred pound haul bag full of all of our emergency supplies and he took 1200 feet of rope he had to jumar back up the ropes that we had just fixed on the pitch he freed those ropes. He came down. He realized that in his haste, he had he had fed them backwards on the rappel. He had like left it clipped in or something. So he jumarred back up again, came back down. So that's 400 feet of jumaring in like a few minutes. Pulls the ropes, takes 1,200 feet of rope and like a 100-pound haul bag and starts and manages to like start fixing lines to the, to the base. Mm-hmm. And so I just sort of came down slowly behind him and uh, we managed to get to the base that night. And then the next day, Shane went back up alone and cleaned all of our gear off the camp and wrapped and cleaned the lines off the wall. And I mean, it was like a monumental effort. And I, I, like I, I sat in the tent and watched him with binos and watched him coming down and was just like, I just couldn't even believe it. You know, I mean, he, he came down with a whole expedition kit all alone. It was incredible. Like, I don't know if I could have done that. I probably could have, maybe, hopefully. But it's like he did it so easily, you know, and that's, that's the kind of partner you want to have, you know? And so it was incredible. And it turned, I mean, it looked like you died. It looked like your spine could have been severed. It could have broken your back and everything else. But what happened? What was the fallout? I mean, yeah, uh, nothing. I was fine. I mean, I, I bruised things and, uh, I got x-rays, no breaks. I got a second round of x-rays no breaks. And, uh, I looked kind of like, I kind of looked like I was having a baby, but off my back, like my back (laughs) was so so swollen. swollen. I had like two butts and I had these really like nice little muffin tops on the side. Cause my whole back all the way around to my belly was swollen essentially. And, um, I mean, three weeks from the day that I got hit, I was hiking to the base of half dome with uh, a guy to, uh, go climb the regular route on half dome. Uh Um, and it was like a, a bit of a time crunch and it kind of had to happen right then. And I had to go do it. And so it was yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, it's, you know, it, it probably, it fell down pretty soon after that. Yeah, it yeah, did right, actually. So. We got chased away. Ironically, like, cause I was about to joke like, yeah, but it, cause it wouldn't be there if well, you didn't do it right then. But no, then it turns you know, out that it kind of was. <laughs> the thing was, is we were actually at the base, a crazy situation. There were 14 people at the base and we were at the base. I'm all raw about rock fall. I'm just like, ah, rah, the mountains are falling. Ah, right, right. ah. And sure enough, we're at the base and there's these three massive rock falls while we're at the base. And like at one point, like a mini fridge impacted 10 feet to my side while 14 people are running like psychopaths up the hill to get away. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, I just looked at my friend and was like, we're out of here. I am not going up there. No way. We're out. And we we bivvied up there, and then the next morning we took off. But it, right, and then I was in rifle a couple weeks later, and I was standing in rifle of all places, and uh, and Hayden was climbing around up above, like top roping and like swinging around, and all of a sudden, sure enough, just luckily I'm staring up and watching him climb, 
and he dislodged a huge block about the same size as the one that hit me. And uh, I was talking with uh, JT, a friend friend of ours, and uh, and he, uh, I just like rock and grabbed him and kind of pushed him, and we both jumped. And I mean, the thing impacted right where we'd been standing. So at that point, I was like, man, I felt like I was kind of getting chased by rock falls. Jesus. So. Yeah, it was That's a little intense. That, you can put that on your resume. The Choss magnet. Like, yeah. You will not get hit by the rock. My partner. Yeah, no, I will. You I, uh, bring me along. and They'll, they'll just like, like magnetize these fucking rocks I think I've taken direction. care of it. Yeah, really? I think I've, I think I've shaken the you bad karma so? of the rock fall. Okay. I mean, I hope so. I have to believe so. <laughs> well, the whole threes thing, you got your third one out of the way, so... Jesus, exactly. that's pretty, pretty... It was pretty wild. It yeah, was like in right. two months, right. I, in two and a half months, I had like these three massive, potentially catastrophic rock falls. And it makes you kind of look mm. at this game that we play. And Well, like, actually, I wanted to ask you that. And, and maybe, you know, personality-wise, this is a moot point um, or there is no like special answer to this question. But I like to ask, ask people about like if there is any sort of residual impact to you know, the way you look at the mountains or the way you climb or the way, I mean, you know, were you able to just shake it off? Okay. It was, you know, we both screwed up. I shouldn't have been there, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or is it something that like, is it in your head? You know, like when you screamed and ran away from the rock falling, which is a good, good, uh, you know, to be extra alert about that shit is not a bad, no, it's not not a a bad bad fallout from the, from the I mean, no, like I, I don't think that it really, for one reason or another, I'm not sure why, but um, while I recognized that it was like a insanely serious situation and that I absolutely almost died, I mean, if that rock had hit me in the shoulder, it would have it would have torn my the half of my body off. I mean, the thing if it if it was a sharp rock and if it hit me flat like a pancake, okay. and if it would have hit me sharp side, I mean, it very well may have just just chopped me in half. So like. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, yes, I do think it affected the way I look at things. I, I am more aware. I'm more conscious. I try and be a lot more cognizant of the potential for that to happen. And no, I don't think that it, uh, I have not allowed it to stop me or hold me back because I love doing this and I want to keep doing this. And I know that the rock fall and that all sorts of different things in climbing are dangerous. And I don't, I want to be aware of those things, but I can't allow that to stop me from climbing. Right. So, yeah. And what about like, uh, you know, we just were kind of back and forth on the park partner dynamics. Um, and I've always found that, you know, every big trip and I haven't <laughs> done that many of them and, and nothing as serious as that, but whether you're even just traveling with somebody, you know, sure. somewhere, you kind of, if you're aware and you're self-aware, you 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 come back with a little bit of wisdom, yeah, about partner dynamics, about oh yeah, you know, like as simple as like don't let yourselves get hungry, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That, yeah. that usually can. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah. So what do you think? Like you brought away from that situation in terms of like the way you approach partner dynamics, or maybe your future expedition kind of kind of things and you hinted at it but maybe you could put it into uh yeah more crystallized uh i mean you know i think just for for me like that was definitely an experience of where like i i kind of should have been a little bit more aware of of where shane was mentally and i could have been a little more helpful of that and and then at the same time even if you are there's only so much you can do as the partner it kind of comes down to the person who's having that sort of negative experience. And and I know because I was there, like I said, when I was in Alaska where I was just like, man, this sucks. I want to go home. And I ended up like forking out a bunch of money to change my plane ticket and went home like way early. But, um, I mean like with Shane, like, like I said, I mean, I, I would go climbing. I mean, I've climbed with Shane since, but like I would get on an airplane with Shane tomorrow. And I, I hope that he feels the same way about me. I think, you know, if anything, it, it, it 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 just kind of like allowed me, it kind of gave me the opportunity to look inside and be just aware of, of how supportive or how positive or negative I am, whether it's like me being the positive guy or me being the negative guy. And so now I have a little bit more of an idea of how to like look inside and sort of just be aware of it because there's not always as a partner, there's not always necessarily a ton you can do, but you know, I could have been a little more encouraging. Hey Shane, well, why don't you, you know, 
Go call Jess and talk to her for 10 minutes instead of being like, dude, that text message cost $1.50. I can see my bank account draining from here. <laughs> and so, I, okay, yeah. Cool. Right I on. mean, you know, you got to support each other out there. Well, and that's the key. You know, like what he was going through, uh, which is public record now on the, on the movie and on, yeah. the, on the, you know, it was, it was probably more acute and more severe than than sort of nat, nat, normal like expedition blues and like days. You're just like, why the hell are we out here? <laughs> um, but I, I was thinking like without the accident, you know, without what happened to you, which, you know, in, in a million other alternative universes didn't have, you know, yeah, didn't yeah, happen. Totally. It, it, a lot of it really is like in my mind, like from years of hearing about it and everything else, like a lot of it is normal expedition stuck yeah. out there you're running out of food you know we've talked in here it's scary and and you're also like you're getting hangry like it's not easy to be in a super good mood when you're like yeah. starting to go low calories and stuff like yeah, that I mean, you're we freezing were, your ass off like we were eating uh we were eating like six thousand calories a day or more mm -hmm. and um and it was the only thing that was keeping us warm you know it was amazing to see like high high powered food actually doing its job because like you you kind of like i thought i knew like oh yeah you're getting cold you eat a bar you stay warmer but like this was on a whole new level where like you would get really dangerously cold but then you could eat a thousand calories and you'd just be like oh i feel great this is amazing and then uh, two hours later you'd be like i'm starting to get cold eat food Oh, I feel warm. Okay. And as the yeah. trip went on, we started kind of realizing that. And so as we approached those moments where we were like, well, we can cut our calorie intake. But then we started thinking about all the times where you're like, if I just eat a single bar, I feel better for, for, for three hours. And so the idea of cutting the calories substantially got really scary because how cold we were was directly tied to the food. Right. So... Anyway, I, I, I think it was, comment, I think, yeah. It, yeah, I think it was kind of a lot of it was the normal, the normal expedition blues. And I think staying happy on those trips is like one of the most important things. Um, you know what HK says? What's can't, that? Can't put a price on morale. No, you cannot. It's totally true. You're right. I mean, it's totally true. And that was a learning lesson there for sure. Like without a doubt. Mm -hmm. So, but man, it was a cool trip and I just, I can't wait to go back. Yeah. I just can't wait. So I, I is there some future... Oh yeah, possible I mean, planning like. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, my right now my big my big crux is just I want to get Shane to go back. Mm -hmm. Like I would like my next trip to be with him, whether it's with other people as well or not. I want him to be there. I would very much like that. And so Shane, come to Baffin with me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I if I can, I I'm sort of trying to figure out if I can go again this year. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll go in May again or go later or what, but like I, I, I have to go back. I mean, it was amazing. I don't necessarily want to climb on that same route or the same wall, but there's, it's just, it's incredible. Right, right, right. It's the kind of place where like aid climbing is like a pretty ridiculous game. Um, to me, I'm like, and I've never been that into aid climbing on anything except the biggest formations I can find because otherwise I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't like, I don't go to the crag and like, I'm not like the guy in Joshua tree that does like the a four traverse on intersection rock. Like I could care less because it's all about the location for right, me. Right, so like right. climbing on El Cap, it's an amazing location. The different spots on El Cap, you know, you get to kind of experience the little nooks because it's El Cap. It's right there. I mean, I lived like, you know, in the Bay area for my whole life mostly. So, Going to Baffin is the kind of place where when I look at it, I'm like, this is a place to aid climb. Like this is where aid climbing makes sense because you're trying to climb these massive overhanging unclimbed formations. And it's like, you, you can't free climb. I mean, unless you're Sean and Nico and Ben Ditto and, and, and them, but, um, and Oliver, I don't want to forget about him, but yeah, I mean, but like, but, yeah. but I mean, the object objectives they were choosing in that film, uh, which will be in the real rock tour. You know, it's like they were definitely they weren't like just picking the steepest, most no, smooth yeah. thing like an aid climber can. Yeah, like right? like you can't aid climbing, yeah, and that's yeah. what we you were had trying to kind of go around the fringes. Totally, and do the, yeah. And so. in Baffin, like there's these four thousand foot unbroken walls that are overhanging the whole way, and so as an aid climber, you can just be like, 
I'm going to quest up that vertical sea of granite and right. it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And so it really lends itself to it. So like as a big wall climber, I cold. love it. It's definitely yeah. hard to have those digits yeah. out. And that's, it's again, that film that'll be out this fall, uh, maybe by that time this is out, is, you know, they're climbing, uh, like just freezing their hands off yeah. and everything else. Oh, yeah, I and can they had, imagine. I think way better weather than you guys did because yeah, yeah, they, they went, weren't there in the winter. Yeah, they were there in the summer they, and they we were there in, in May. <laughs> yeah, they floated in and we went in on snowmobiles right, right, and right, right, we right. slept on the sea ice mm-hmm. and they like went in on the ocean so well it'll feel pretty good too for you to to be on the airplane you know knowing what's you know knowing how to deal with uh, yeah what's what, there. what was that guy's levi like yeah. knowing how to like take care of business when you get there yeah which was of course what mike's role was supposed to be exactly yeah, yeah and, we were supposed to have yeah. a handhold right it was he's, like he's been up there six seven times or whatever yep, so exactly he's like, walks into town and i'm sure they're all like hey yeah mike yeah. good to see you again yeah. no yeah he knows everyone yeah. and, and he and now you're but now you're on that you're you're gonna be able to at least step off the plane and be like okay here's what we need to do i know yeah. what this has to happen and and that's going to change everything. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, the climbing's still the climbing. Yeah. And that could, that, that's the variable. But at least you got these other things maybe a little bit more on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it was a big, I, I've never done as much learning as I did on that trip. Um, I mean, it was really amazing. So that was huge, you know. And that was one thing that the getting hit with the rock, like provided Shane and I was two and a half days to sit in our tent and, and talk about every detail of every single thing. And, and it was in that, those conversations, uh, in and out of like a morphine stupor that, uh, that we were able to really like discuss all the details, you know, about it, make food lists. How much food do you need? Like how much salty, crunchy snacks do you go through? Like on a month long trip, how many bags of M&Ms do you need? And, you know, so we like, we're really able to apply a lot of like introspective learning to the trip where had we just finished a second route, gotten on a snowmobile, gone home, parted ways, you know, him to Yosemite, me to Las Vegas, we would never have internalized it like we did. And so that was a really amazing experience. Weird fringe benefit. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Awesome. well, cool, dude. Thanks for sitting down. We just blew out. Uh, we blew out an episode right there. Wow, that you was were, it. You were a little Amazing. worried that we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I just had my had my doubts. Right on. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks a lot for sitting down, and man, I wish you the best of luck. With no, this thanks stuff. for having me on. I appreciate um, it. You know, really, really appreciate it. I think you have the potential to like you know, walk in the same sort of footsteps that like Lebecki's been in and oh, man. becoming like no, an expedition I, master. Holy cow. I don't know. Maybe. Wow. All right, well, well, we'll thank keep, you. We'll keep an eye I on you. I appreciate it. And be safe out there. Yeah, of course. Watch yeah. out for those fucking Watch out rocks. for flying rocks. <laughs> Sometimes they have wings. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Dave for sitting down. He makes you feel good about climbing, doesn't he? He's the right kind of partner, that guy. I'd also like to note that since recording this, Dave has been picked up by the North Face team, so his professional climbing career is taking off, and though this wasn't out yet, I think that the fact that he'd done it in Armacast was, in fact, in the ether out there in the universe, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and chalk this up to the Enormo bump, so you're welcome, Dave. You're welcome. I haven't talked about the finances over here at the Enormacast in a while, but please consider the fact that donations still outstrip the sponsors in terms of funding the Enormacast. So if you find value in this program, if it gets you through the day, through the work day, on that commute, on that long road trip, whatever it happens to be, and you feel like kicking down, head over to Enormacast.com and click on the donut, I mean the donate tab. There is also a donut tab. You click on that and you get a free donut. Anyway, click on the donate tab. Donate a little beer money or go bigger. Whatever you feel like, baby. Just do what you feel. But if you don't have the means for monetary support, there are a bunch of other things you could do if you click on the Help Out tab. A little bit of time is all they take. Just a little bit of time. You know what else takes only a tiny bit of time? Checking your knot. And folks, remember that that's just the first step in the system, the system where you agree to take care of your partner. Because by taking care of yourself, you are taking care of them. You are no good to them.
broken in pieces and laying on the ground. Does that make sense? So check your knot, check their knot. And like any good relationship, make sure you're communicating. And then before they leave the ground, give them a big goddamn hug. Is that your well-dressed knot or are you just happy to see me? Feel pretty good, and I'm not uh, not scared at all. I just feel kind of feel kind of invincible. Me too. I got a very positive attitude about this. Good. Me too. Yeah. It's getting hot in here. Is it just me? 